Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is September the 11th, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Never forget, dudes. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello, my elite friends. If you have questions, we have answers. Yes, we'll, we'll take questions on the show. You can do a super chat. You can type in Bitcoin Meister. But we're going to start it off and bring up one of the big stories of the week. And yeah, it's Gigi, Ken Bozak, and freaking Anders are in the house best freaking guest in the space we bring you every single uh, friday here but let's talk about this uh drama this uh this blacklist stuff blacklist blacklist what the heck is it is it being blown out of proportion is it an attack should we still be talking about it all these days later uh, i've got my opinions but let's hear uh, what Gigi has to say about it hey yeah it, it was definitely like the news of the week i would say um yeah, it, it's actually an, an old merch. So uh, it came up because it made its rounds on Twitter, as most of you probably know. And the whole controversy was about uh, pretty much like almost a single character change. Um, they wanted to change a variable name from file char blacklist to file char blocklist. And it was actually changed. And um, it was merged like three months ago. And it came up again because uh, someone didn't agree with the change and was worried that uh, um, like the change was politically motivated, which I would agree with. And you can, by just looking at the pull request, you can immediately see that it was a controversial change. And in my opinion, it wasn't handled uh, the best it could have been handled by uh, neither the maintainers nor the core developers because the change it had some concept next so in in bitcoin um in bitcoin core we have the system of agreeing to a change or agreeing with the concept of a change or disagreeing with it or disagreeing with the concept which is act and neck and concept act and concept neck and uh, the change had next from uh, michael Falkson and uh, concept next from john carvalho and they pointed out very um very interesting things like first of all if you change blacklist to blocklist you would have to change all appearances of whitelist as well this would be a bigger change uh they also pointed out that blocklist is like a horrible name for a blockchain project because it, the blocklist is a list of blocks and <laughs> if we if we rename it then we should rename it to something else and i think most people were just upset um how it was handled because in the end it was simply merged and the discussion was closed and it was like, okay, we are the maintainers. We are merging this now. No further discussion. This is a, otherwise the discussion will get too heated and will just attract a lot of drama, uh, which it basically did like <laughs> three months later. And uh, once people figured out what was going on there, I think um, the immune reaction was warranted. So it, it shouldn't be like that. You should never silence speech around topics like that and uh, you should just con keep the discussion going and uh, talk it through all right well has this shown that the the best way to attack bitcoin is a social attack yeah i i would agree with uh, what some 
some of the louder folk, folks said, um, I think it was NVK who said, uh, Rodolfo from Coldcard, he said that Bitcoin's attack vector is uh, social and the attacks that might succeed are MITM uh, attacks, <laughs> like uh, not man in the middle attacks, but meat in the middle attacks. So since we still are developing the protocol and it hasn't ossified yet, um, uh, it, it's definitely an attack factor. And I, I think what, what we saw here is also um, the attempt of just producing a drama and trying to split the developer community. It it did not succeed, but if you want to do that, you definitely will do it like that. And I, in my opinion, you know, it, <laughs> what's funny about this pull request is also it, it, it wasn't like a regular contrib contributor that decided to change that. It was an, a newly created account, first time contributor, and uh, so that just adds to the controversy. And some people said, you know, like maybe, maybe it was like a NIM account because um, uh, a regular contributor wanted to, did not want to put his name behind it. I highly doubt that, um, but still, you know, it's, uh, you can make an argument in that direction. Mm. But I just want to, I just want to echo what, uh, for example, Giacomo said as well. Like it's it's not about the commit. Like the commit itself is completely ir irrelevant. It's the dynamic the dynamics around it that are seriously concerning. So um, it 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 just it just shows that um, yeah we don't have enough reviewers and not enough eyes on the repository and on the code. And uh, so this is a sentiment that I agree with from the maintainers and the core developers. They say that all the time and that is obviously true. So maybe that, maybe we have more eyes on the code now. So maybe something good came out of it. I think that's a very productive conclusion to all this because there was a lot of drama, but like let's boil it down to get rid of the emotion, need more eyes on the code to prevent uh, any type of social attack. Yeah, social right. engineering is an interesting way to hack something, right? To to hack your way in but through social engineering. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it, it's, well, th there we go. We, we've, we've seen it, uh, well, we've seen a possible uh, way they somebody tried to do it, and now it can be easily identified, hopefully. We, we'll see. There's, there's always going to be attacks on Bitcoin. It's, uh, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. All right. Uh, Anders, what's your take on all this? Uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of uh, energy and, and, and time uh, wasted on something like that. And it seems um, useless to involve politics in something that no one had a problem with. No one had a problem with it being called uh, blacklist, except um, this account that, that wanted to cause trouble, it seems. Uh, but I think what I like about it is it just proves that um, very, very hard to, you know, you can't go in and, and, uh, and, and kill Bitcoin. What it shows here is um, it, it, Bitcoin's immune system evolving. So when something like mm. this has happened, now um, the core developers and the, the community in general has become more focused on something like this. So immune system has been developed where there'll be more eyes on this type of um, commits or whatever called pull requests and I don't think something like this would succeed next time because the immune system has developed. All right. Yeah, absolutely. If I may add something to that, um, like Pierre, for example, was also talking about implementing a Twitter bot that will monitor the pull request for next. And like if someone disagrees with a pull request and it gets merged anyway, that we have something like a warning system because that's never a good thing if there's a controversy 
and uh, it gets merged anyway. And the second thing I would like to mention is a lot of people forget that Bitcoin is a worldwide phenomenon and most people are outside of the US and don't care about US politics. And so <laughs> just <laughs> this is a non-issue outside of the US. So uh, it's it's especially infuriating, and I think I think uh, that's also the reason why, for example, Giacomo was loud about it because he's Italian, and like literally nobody outside of the U.S. cares about um, uh, gender identity and politics and uh, black and blacklists and whitelists that much. Like where I'm from, nobody cares about it. Like literally nobody cares about it. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it should stay out of Bitcoin for that reason alone. You know, it's not an U.S. centric project. I, that is a hilarious point, a, a very good point that it's. But I, I would say I bet Australians and Canadians are, are also uh, as maybe even worse some of them uh, than some of the SJW uh, American people. But yeah, it, it has it has no place. But uh, it obviously there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of Americans that are in in Bitcoin though, so it it can cause a. Uh, it, it's a legitimate attack vector, I guess, to, to trigger some uh, Americans. Uh, before we get to uh, Ken's uh, take on this, I want everybody uh, retweet this, dudes that are watching this uh, that are watching this live right now. I'm putting the uh, putting it out there in the in the chat. You guys can just easily retweet, pound that like button so people know we're we're live. Ken, what what is your take on the blacklist? Blacklist. Uh, I think green, it's I think it's. List. <laughs> I think it's virtue trolling, you know, uh, like a lot of what happened with like, you know, the, the football team changing their name or uh, people taking icons off of their products uh, moving forward. It's, it's, it's virtue trolling, you know, it's, it's somebody found a way to troll a virtue signal into Bitcoin or crypto in general. And we see how far these memes go, you know, it's pretty meta, but uh, we've also seen like legacy industries kind of cave to this political agenda as well. So yeah, it didn't surprise me to see something like this happen. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it is the, it is a world topic. I know it's not so prominent outside of the U S with, you know, whitelist blacklist being like a political thing or like the football team being called the Indians and instead of native Americans, and, but it is a way to virtue troll memes are powerful. And whoever this is, it was probably a group of people, you know, that just like Satoshi style, you know, an anonymous account by a group of people had an idea. They memed out the idea and the group kind of, you know, did the work on the back end. And now they have a scapegoat to point at, you know, to say, hey, that's the troll. It wasn't us. All right. We got a uh, virtue trolling. That's a new I, I like that term. I, I think that that uh, that explains uh what, what's up in, in a lot of social media, way beyond Bitcoin type of stuff. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's move to some other uh, big stories of the week. The week started off uh, with this sushi swap thing, which is like a copy of Uniswap, which is, this is, I guess, the DeFi part of the show. The insanity, what was the DeFi insanity this week? The DeFi insanity this week was sushi swap. So the, the guy who made it up uh, sold all his sushi. And then uh, everyone was angry, and now he has given back his sushi uh, due to <laughs> pressure. Due to pressure, okay. So I mean, there's a lot of lessons here, okay. Uh, it's gambling, first of all, uh, but but also you could put peer pressure on someone to mm -hmm. give up their fortune. It, that was a little weird. Uh, but Ken, what's your take? You're, you're probably looking at this closer than I am. 
Oh man, I'm loving it. I don't know if it was uh, intentional to have something like this where, you know, it takes what, like 15 million or something and it gives it back and to the developer fund. It may even been more, but what I think it was, there has to be something happening over to the left when I'm staring at the right. Like I'm looking at it like a magic trick and I'm just trying to find out like how this magician pulled one over by giving back money, like you know, getting out of it and, and kind of bailing on everything. What did they get out of it? And yeah, I, I, I would just uh, be weary of anything popping up like this, even though this it, it's a weird, like false flag sentiment, you know, it's like, Oh dude took all the money. You know, uh, there's the false flag. The sentiment is, Oh, he gave it all back though. So don't worry guys. Everything is fine. You know, it's like the meme of the dog sitting down, sipping tea with the house on fire. It's like, don't worry. This is okay. Um, it just it adds a false sense of credibility to what's happening in the whole DeFi space. Like uh, people will point at this as like that. Hey, but don't worry. You know, when shit does hit the fan, you know, at least this guy gave his money back. We never know. It's this is better than BitConnect. Nudge, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so it, it it clearly looked like an exit scam, but now it doesn't look like an exit. Scam. Right. It looks like an entry scam. It's weird. I've never seen anything like this before. The exit is the entry to a whole new scam. <laughs> I got, but okay. So ignoring the fact that the dude might've gave, gave it all back due to peer pressure. The lesson here is there are going to be clear cut exit scams, like where the dude doesn't give back the money people. Uh, so th th that's your, that's your DeFi lesson of the week. I will say this. If he really gave back all the money, I mean, he's kind of a C-U-C-K. I mean, dude, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> I mean, you created it. You're the creator. <laughs> you're the creator. These suckers bought it. Yeah. And now you're just going to be a, a well, it's the developers fund, right? It's not really the investors he's giving money to. He's, he's giving it to the developers who are basically self incentivized to pump and dump, even though he left, right? That's what I mean. It's like, it's almost like a weird perpetual motion machine of scamminess with this sushi shit. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's supposed to be anonymous. You pulled the exit scam. Don't like. Don't give give back. You know, live your life, enjoy your fourteen million dollars, man. Well, it's like uh, it, it's like if I wanted a job at, at a casino, I would walk into the casino, I would steal millions of dollars from the casino, I'd leave the casino, I'd let the casino know I stole all their money, I'd bring the money back to the fucking casino, and then wait to ten x the same shit, and maybe not walk back in next time. All right, so we we we, we this is uh th this is DeFi uh. <laughs> Anders, do you have thought uh, thoughts on this uh, sushi swap thing? Uh, yeah, I'm just really surprised that the guy came back with 14 million dollars. Like, I'm trying to understand the incentive here because if he's anonymous, um, then how, how you know why would he come back? Um, but uh, overall, me and DeFi, the take I have on it, it it um, it smells so like uh, ICOs in, in 2017. Uh, it, it seems like the uh, totally the same thing. You try and tell people about uh, Bitcoin and sound money and why it's the best money the world has ever seen, why it will take over. And then you have these projects coming in, riding on the positive way uh, to scam people. It's, it's like people forgot ICOs and, and what happened to them and most people lost their money. And it, I think it's the same with, with DeFi. I mean, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's vaporware. There's nothing there of value. Um, and it, as far as I can see, so it's just a way of, of 
um, scamming people of their money. Why he came back, I don't understand, but um, I don't yeah. like it. I don't trust it. He's the, what's he, the SJW of scammers? Or, I mean, this, again, he's a, <laughs> he's a CUCK, dude. What I, I, I don't understand. He gave into the peer pressure. Maybe there's something else up. Okay, uh, Gigi, what's any any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prices. I'm also surprised <laughs> that he came back, but who knows? You know, maybe 14 million wasn't enough. Maybe he wants right. to 10 exit and mm -hmm. then <laughs> going for the for the big money. Yep. If if he wants to 10 exit, he should just uh, buy Bitcoin and hold it for one and a half. <laughs> Pound that like button, but no, no, it's it's not exciting. It's not making headlines. Bitcoin, you know, everyone wants their flavor of the month. Now, speaking of flavor of the month, I'm even getting messages about this one, and of course, uh, the 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 big the mainstream publications are writing about it like it's legitimate. Yearn Finance, YFI soars to 33k after uh, Coinbase listing is 40,000 next. Yeah, you didn't okay. hear it's the flippening, bro. <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly. This is the gimmick that's being used with this one is just like, well, it's worth more than a Bitcoin, so it must be awesome. And I mean, mm. suppose I understand market cap and circulating supply, though. You know, this is the, I, I'm bringing this up because other people are bringing it up, but I'm bringing it up for posterity because through the years we have had many altcoin flavors of the month, many, many, and they come and go, and people forget about them. Right now, everyone th they're I mean, they're legitimate people thinking that oh, this is the next big thing. Dude, the, the top ten, it's not even in the top ten in market cap, but we've seen the top ten alter over time. So I, I'm just I'm bringing this one up. up, up. I, I like feel like vomiting when I say its name, um, but I, I thought it, it, it's in the news this week, and it's it for for me the gimmick that I think is attracting people to it. Is that you know it's it's got this high price now? Ken, is there is there something else about this thing that that's getting people to pile in? I mean, you, you I mean, you're you're over there in the altcoin land. You see what's going on. What what the heck is up with this flavor of the month? Or is it just another flavor of the month? I'll be honest. This one came out of left field on me. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I love shit coins, but man, this one popped up out of nowhere. I mean, I took a little bit of a uh, detox, you know, with the whole pandemic and lockdown thing uh, in February after the conference I was at. I just decided maybe take a little bit of a social media and, and in general detox. So I, I just stopped diving into things for the past few months. I got back in this month into the space, started my podcast back up and everything. But yeah, this is this is beyond insane. But I also don't know how I feel about like Coinbase listing it. And, you know, like I, I don't know if, it, if it's good for like you know taking the credibility away from these custodial platforms like coinbase when they dilute their shit portfolios with shit coins or if it adds credibility to a shit coin by being listed on a custodial platform like coinbase it's i don't know I, i'm i'm excited to see what comes of it though you know a lot of a lot of people that don't understand what bitcoin is and just see oh this must be better than bitcoin cuz it costs more uh, they're going to have a really expensive uh, uh, on-ramp experience, right? Like that's gonna, that's a college tuition life lesson right there, missing the ball. But uh, again, it's just uh, it's just the, the whole price thing, right? Everybody cares about price. If Bitcoin was fucking $100,000 right now, it wouldn't matter if this coin was $40,000. It, it wouldn't even be talked about. But because it's worth more than Bitcoin, 
that's their mark. That's the whole marketing campaign that I've seen for it. You know, it's like, oh, but it's worth more than Bitcoin. Well, that, I haven't seen anything else mentioned about this project other than it's worth more than Bitcoin. So it's like no one's pushing any FA. It's all TA. Just tell me what it's doing. Why is it worth? What's it, why is it going to be worth more? Nobody knows. They just know it's worth more than Bitcoin. So that must be good. Yeah, this is a new style of flavor of the month. We, we've never had one that where someone can say, well, I just want one of these and I'm going to pay 30,000. I mean, that, that'd be a bad lesson. It's going to be a bad lesson for someone who buys one whole one of these. Uh, be careful, people. It's a, it's a, hey, there's new types of flavors of altcoin flavors of the month all the time. Who knows what they'll come up with next? Uh, Anders, you just went, you, you went off on DeFi before, but do you have anything to, to add to this uh, DeFi story? Um, no, I just want to uh, say that I agree with what Ken is saying. It's uh, people have this unit bias and uh, tend to think of the value of something in what does one unit cost. While it's completely irrelevant, it is always about the market cap. What is the total asset worth? That's important. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter if they if there's one yearn and it's worth forty thousand or thirty three thousand. You know, it, that's what's important. What is the market cap? Um, so, yeah, it, it, I haven't heard about what it does that is so <laughs> great. What is the value that it creates that is so great? So um, about two weeks ago, I went to this um, private um, uh, arrangement where there was someone coming with a and explaining about a, um, their hedge fund that was investing in DeFi and how it was up uh, 600% year to date. Um, but all these different projects being mentioned, there was zero focus on what does this project actually do that is um, you know, revolutionizing something, that is disrupting something, that is creating new value because it's some new technology. It was all about it's gone up this much uh so far it, it's it's a focus on the um, on the fomo part uh and how how much it's worth not about what value is added um and and sushi was mentioned as as one of those interesting projects and then uh, like a week later um i read about it collapsing although the guy's back well that's the thing though man people only have speculation to relate and correlate to a utility so hey if it's worth something it's obviously speculative that's its utility what do you mean fa you know what i mean like all the fa is the ta the ta is the fa it's a spec like no show me the use case what what is it doing and that's the question nobody's asking because they don't they only they, they only care about speculating and that's i hope utility uh, really starts to bring the FA into the, the spotlight and the TA can kind of go back into the shadows. Now, Anders, this, uh, this private meeting, it was with a, a fund. What, 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 what were these guys about? So, so it was a, a friend of mine, um, had another friend who, um, had like a group of, of guys together. Like, uh, we're 20 guys, um, having barbecue and, and then listening to this presentation by, um, a guy um, running a hedge fund together with another guy um, and, you know, talking a little bit about um, Bitcoin in general and, and, and different cryptocurrencies and, you know, saying they made more than 600% so far year to date. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's complexity worship there, people. Just Bitcoin beats your freaking fund. All right. You know, you don't need some third party to tell you, 
Uh, oh, I'm putting your money into yearn and sushi. Oh my god! But hey, if, if is- I can, if I can add one thing, uh, my my point was and still is, um, you know, the 2000x potential that I see in Bitcoin right now. Uh, that's more than enough. Why you want to be greedy and expect more than 2000? Because you're not going to get it. This 2000x, I I feel has a high probability. Um, you know, why why is that not enough? Uh, but go for it if you want to lose your money. Gamblers be gamblers. On that like button, Gigi, your uh, thoughts on yearn? Are you are you spending yeah, well, forty thousand dollars, dude? All right, yes. I, I think it's really interesting that it's just another kind of unit bias, and I I just for the life of me can't understand why Coinbase hasn't listed Satoshi's yet as a separate listing. You know, like if you want to buy something that's really cheap, just buy Satoshi's, and if you want to go into the other direction, if you want to buy something that's really expensive, just list something and call it Kilo Bitcoin. You know, and just like buy a thousand Bitcoin at once. And then, then you have a coin that's really expensive. So all of it is just <laughs> unit bias and all of it is just really stupid. And none of it matters. Like um, the altcoins, uh, since you talked about uh, TA and FA, I can give you a fundamental analysis of every single altcoin because every single altcoin has something in common. It was invented to enrich the founders. And that's why Bitcoin is different because it has no founder. So every every single purpose of every, like the purpose of every single altcoin is exactly the same of every other altcoin. It's to enrich a small group of people uh, who are behind the project, who founded the project, including Ethereum, including like all, every altcoin you can think of. Fiaters may look at this are... as early adopters being those people though. Yeah, well, I mean, you can do mental gymnastics until you win a gold medal in mental gymnastics <laughs> and <laughs> explain it away. Um, you know, I just like to point uh, to Ethereum over and over and over again, because I think most people that believe in Ethereum don't realize that it, there was a 70% pre-mine and uh, yep. all of it was paid mm-hmm. out and pretty much sold at the top. And that's the same story over and over and over again. And a lot of people like to point to Ethereum specifically as like the one altcoin that is not a scam. I don't agree. I think it's a scam as well. Same. And so, with you. so all the altcoins have something in common and Bitcoin is the only one that's different. And I think it will stay this way because it's really, really difficult to invent something that is like 10 times better than Bitcoin and do it without anyone having eyes on you and anyone finding out and and also with disappearing immediately afterwards. I, I, don't, I don't think it's possible. So um, I, I would rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, saw, I, saw, I don't. I still don't see why Sushi Swap gave his money back. Then I mean, he, he was just trying to enrich himself, like all the other founders, and then he didn't enrich himself properly. It's very strange. All right, uh, you know, I keep going back to that. Let's talk about uh, something a little bit different that involves total Bitcoin here. Belarus in Belarus. Now, I, I've had a guest from Belarus on the show before. Eugene is is a great guy, and he he told me about this story. But it made it made the news that uh, this this fund. Bysol, B-Y-S-O-L. It's it's linked to below. I talked about. I, I'm I'm impressed. People are using Bitcoin to help revolutionaries, should we say, in Belarus. In Belarus, if you speak up against the government, if you say what's going on there is wrong, you can lose your job really easily, and then you have no money. And if you can prove that's happened to you, these dudes will send you Bitcoin. To, to, to make up uh, for lost revenue and pe- people and people have learned very quickly uh, that there was an example in the article of a lady who didn't know she didn't know how to use Bitcoin but she lost her job and she quickly figured out uh, how, how to get Bitcoin so uh, 
I we've always said it's a use case uh, for Bitcoin to to help uh, battle against uh, totalitarian governments, and and now we're seeing it, and it's being funded by just a group of people, a private group says, hey, we don't like what's going on in Belarus. Um, if you don't like what's going on in Belarus and you're in Belarus and they lay the smack down on you, we're going to give you some uh, Bitcoin. So, uh, Anders, do you have uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, first of all, it just really once again uh, highlights uh, why one of the reasons that Bitcoin is a better money uh, than what we've seen bef before. It, uh, it's outside of state control. It can't be frozen. Um, they can't censor any value transfer. I mean, it, it started back with WikiLeaks in, I believe it was 2010, when the US government cut off WikiLeaks from receiving funds because they were exposing dark secrets. Um, so you can no longer do a bank transfer. SWIFT was blocked. Um, the credit card companies were told, if you work with WikiLeaks, you know, we're gonna shut down your business. So they could no longer receive money by um, credit cards. So uh, they started receiving Bitcoin instead because you can't censor it and you can't freeze accounts. And and this is a great example of you know people fighting for uh, freedom and human rights and um, uh, good things can use Bitcoin as a money because it's possible and it, it's superior to the alternatives. Now and now the difference between uh, you know when WikiLeaks got the money, uh, they, they requested it and they they knew how to use Bitcoin when they requested it. These dudes are being. They're learning how to use it. I mean, they're they're forced to learn how to use it. If they've lost their jobs and then they somehow found out about this fund, I think it's a good way of uh, onboarding uh, new people. It, I mean, it's it's unfortunate they they're they're living under such circumstances, but who knows what this could lead to? I, I hope it leads to someone doing, and, and it, it's it's a private entity that started this fund, so someone could do it with Venezuela just as easily. Uh, a fund uh, giving uh, to Venezuelans uh, Bitcoin like this. Uh, Gigi, what's what's your thoughts? Yeah, I really liked the article, and I liked how it mentioned that uh, she was able to figure it out in ten minutes, and also yeah. at the very end where she mentioned, you know, it's uh, now that she knows how to do it, it's not a weird thing anymore. So um, I think once uh, I, I love how it shows that how how far that we. Uh, how far we have come already like if you can figure out how to send and receive uh, bitcoin transactions in like 10 minutes then i think we've come a long way in the last couple of years and um also like not being it a weird thing anymore i i can only echo that if uh if i show other people uh lightning for example a, a mobile lightning wallet and onboard them that way um it feels very natural already and it's it's obviously very quick and i i also like how how they mentioned that uh and um yeah how they mentioned just in general that more and more people are learning that bitcoin solves real problems and i think we are gonna see more and more of that like if you if, if bitcoin is your only option like if you can't use PayPal or, or other means, then uh, I think people will figure it out and we will see that more and more in the next couple of months and years. Yes. Oh, yes. Hey, dudes, we're going to ask Ken Bozak in the uh, Super Chat sent $1.99, but he's on the show at the same time. How is this possible? <laughs> if you guys have questions, I have answers. We all have answers. So you could do what Ken did, <laughs> do a Super Chat or just type in Bitcoin Ma Meister and we will answer uh questions ken what what's your what are your thoughts on uh, the belarus story i actually i sent a super sticker i don't know if you saw it, it was a sticker yeah. it says it says on set so i have my director's chair on set in the chat <laughs> that, it makes sense okay i see that okay that that's what super stickers i all these 
Gadget. I'm, I'm working on NFTs for this, by the way. So, Adam, if you go and watch my YouTube channel live and you buy one of my NFTs from my wax store, you get a little super chat sticker pop up on the screen and it's all crypto. I can bring you in on that. But uh, my thought is this is like the Silk Road for unemployment line, bro. I fucking love it. You know, government suppressing and oppressing people uh, because of their political views and, 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 and you know, a, a disenfranchised area of the world, bro, being able to utilize this in a way where it's like, again, the Silk Road of unemployment, right? Like, I mean, if people need money, we can do this. And it's proving that we don't need smart contracts or DAOs to facilitate these things, right? Like, you don't have to wait for, for a DAO or a smart contract to to do good with Bitcoin, you know? We could have private companies come together and do good with it. You could do it independently and individually, and we can self-regulate. If we find out that the Bitcoin isn't going where you say it's going, the Bitcoin stops coming in and the scam only works so long and credibility will build and we'll we'll create our own GoFundMes and Kickstarters with this. Like this is the future of Patreon. Like buy Patreon and your 30% cut that we don't need you anymore. You know, like the people in place, like I wish we had more of this and I saw some of it, but I wish we had more of this in the whole hashtag freedom for Hong Kong scenario where right before the pandemic, you know, there was millions of people protesting in Hong Kong for freedom, bro. And like they were being oppressed, their bank accounts were being frozen. You know, they were losing their jobs for posting political opinions, just asking for fucking freedom, bro. And, you know, like to be able to say like, you know what? Here's 50 bucks a month to the Hong Kong hashtag freedom for foundation. People that lost their jobs due to protesting for their freedom, they could have a couple of my dollars to go get something to eat. And we could do that as a work. We, as the world, can support small areas that are in, you know, in war with their own government. I'm just saying we have to start looking out for our neighbors before we have to worry about our friends and our family and eventually ourselves. Like, I'm happy that this is happening because there's a chance that. American citizens may need this. You know, people that are protesting right now with the Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening in, in Portland, like there are people in America that could use some help like this. And, and obviously there are others around the world that obviously could use it more, but to see like, you know, the world come together and solve centralized, like not cent but like micro problems in macro ways, dude, it, it really, it brings it to your eye, bro. Like this is why I love Bitcoin. Ooh, I, I, I got to say, uh, one thing that you mentioned, it uh, it beats uh, Patreon. It beats uh, having a, a third party distribute it and take a tremendous cut. Dude, look at the Red Cross. The world's biggest scam on, 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 the, on, on human emotion is the Red Cross. You know, it's in human nature to give and help. And nobody walks past somebody hungry and doesn't want to help them. It, it's I don't care how sadistic you are or narcissistic human nature. You see somebody hungry, you want to help. And then there's these scammers like the Red Cross and Patreon and GoFundMe that man in the middle of this and gatekeep and border to entry for those that need it the most. That's why you had people scamming on Kickstarter and GoFundMe because they're the only ones that can get in are the ones that you know don't need it. So it's just, eh, I'll game it. I'll game the system. You know, I'm glad you brought up the Red Cross. Bitcoin could make the Red Cross obsolete. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, it, people don't bring that up. But uh, yeah, if you, if you want to really give a charity, if you want to help someone, why do you need to pay a tremendous staff to, to maintain everything like they, they do at the Red Cross? So uh, and, and Bitcoin uh, solves that right there. And so this is a real example of it. 
uh, it's, it's being sent right to the people. That's, that's awesome. Well, when we're on this topic here and we got Ken here, uh, eToro launches the good dollar, which <laughs> is a, uh, a universal basic income, uh, for people who know about eToro. Now I, I, I've said many times that I would, I think it would be great if, uh, a private entity created their own uh, crypto that was a, a UBI or a, a reparations coin. Better than the United States dollar uh, being turned into to something like that. So Ken, you actually went over to the site and signed <laughs> up for it. So, so tell us your thoughts. Yeah, dude, I FOMO'd over free money. I don't know. You sent me the link. And I was like, I've never seen it. What's the fuck? It's a good dollar, bro. Let me see what eToro's doing. And I read the article. Uh, I mean, it says, you know, in the article here, it's backed by die soon. As it'll be a basket of coins. So basically, it's it's G, which is kind of gangster, if you ask me. So eToro has G, which is the currency's uh, ticker. And you can get, you know, 1G. Uh, I think it's 1G a day from what I've seen. I don't know. You could probably get more, it looks like. But there's already been over a hundred thousand uh, of dollars, basically Dai G, which is you know backed by Dai, given out to 250 now 251 users because I signed up and I got my G. Uh, you know, I got a dollar worth of stable coin and it was really easy, bro. Like I, I was worried, you know, I need to whip out a driver's license or something and prove it. All they wanted to do is see if, you know, if my face was already registered in their system. So they said, you know, hold up your camera. And it was like sort of like a picture, uh, but it didn't take the picture like whatever. It looked more like a video slash photo. And it just said, hold it and I'll move it away, move it close, done. And they said, all right, you're verified. You'll get your UBI, you know, from eToro on a daily basis, which is crazy. Uh, it was so easy. I can see why like people in Venezuela, South Africa, and Nigeria are already creating hundreds of wallets. Uh, I almost feel bad, you know, like just stepping into the, the soup kitchen line. They taste the soup to see how good it is because I don't really need it. I know I shouldn't have signed up because I don't really, but I wanted to see how the process was. And I, now I can tell people like, look, a dollar a day in Venezuela goes a whole lot farther than a dollar a day in New York City. You know, so some people that this may not be for good. I hope it's so inconvenient to you in your, you know, in your suit and car that you don't want to do this for the dollar. But the people that need that dollar in Venezuela, in South Africa, in Nigeria, like this is this is this is so much more than they could expect for what you're asking of like a selfie just to make sure you're not setting up several accounts. Uh, I think that's a really good uh, idea, you know, without going overboard with KYC. Yeah, I, I was concerned when I initially talked about the uh, story uh, that uh, people were going to be able to be tracked. But you make it seem like uh, they, they didn't even know it was Ken Bozak. I had my VPN on, too, on my phone, by the way. So I had my, my phone's VPN on, and I could have used anybody's face in my house. Like, I could have went up to my brother and just used his face. The problem is he probably wouldn't have been able to create an account because his face would probably already be registered with mine. But, yeah, it's just they didn't know my name. They just had my face. Yeah, you know, just to make sure I didn't have two accounts. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, so I, I'm always the guy that says compete, don't complain. I don't care what these altcoins do. Let them do. So, but is it? Uh, what is this? Just a? I'll go to Anders. Is this just a, a marketing gimmick uh, for eToro? Do you think? <laughs> because I mean, it, it's eToro's created a. Uh, uh, I mean, they're very good with advertising. We, we got to say that and. Uh, they, they've created a UBI coin and they get their name in the news. Was, so what's your take on it, Anders? Well, uh, I read the article and um, 
it seemed to me like they wanted to create the technology so uh, governments could use this or something. Uh, why are they just handing out money themselves? That I don't quite um, understand, to be honest. Is that what is the case? eTOR is handing out money to people who want a it's dollar donation. a day? Or what? No, so basically they're accepting donations and the donations go to the applicants. So it's all self-run through like donations and then you can use like their yield farming coin to basically, you know, be a supporter rather than like a, uh, a person in, in need. So like uh, if you want to contribute to the charity, basically they're saying like, you know, go stake their coin and, and with, uh, let me get the article up. I forget the exact. So, so the donations it, back up, give value to this new coin that they're yeah, so it's their yield farming DeFi, and they have uh, protocols already like Compound or uh, Ave, Avi. Uh, so yeah, it's basically you. It's supporter funded, so it's not Etoro's money technically. It's just Etoro set it up and kind of walked away and said, "All right, as long as money comes in, money will go out," uh, and that's kind of cool. So, so it it seems it's a um, they've created a system for donations if you want to donate uh money to people in need you can do that and people in need can sign up to get uh, what is it a dollar a day um i mean i don't have a problem with that um it doesn't seem that it's something that etoro is profiting on uh but yeah you're nah, right. it's, i see a way for them to profit off this because yeah. i read the article and they said it's backed by die soon a basket that basket is the listing fee that they're going to make their money from, right? You're going to want to be a part of this universal basic income basket, aren't you, shitcoin dude and shitcoin da? So if you want to be in the good coin basket or, or you know what I mean, the good dollar basket, it's going to be a $10 million listing fee, you know, because blah, blah, blah. That's, I, I, I never, I'm always skeptical of anybody doing anything for good, bro. And like... This is, I, I already see how they're going to be able to be snake snaking this out. But, and again, it is great for the individual, but they're also not just being charity. They're not doing this out of the kindness of their heart. This is definitely going to be a huge profit model for them if it does take off. But they want, imagine, imagine a billion people signing up to get a dollar a day, and now your shitcoin could be a part of that basket. Whoo! Well, they want the token to go up in value too. I mean, they. <laughs> If the token, if this becomes a popular project and people are just like, oh, this this good token is a is valuable, you know, because we say it's valuable, then they could print as much as they want and they're printing free money there. I mean, it, it, who knows? We'll we'll see. But I I, I for me, it's better than uh be, better than uh, it, it's it's an experiment. It's a private experiment. Let private people experiment, printing their own money, calling it UBI. Uh, better than the the dollar uh, being a. UBI, then um, um, yeah. I will anyway, take this dollar every day, Adam, and buy Bitcoin with it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, we're going to get, well. get $1,200 checks in the mail soon again, by the way, everybody. All right. Now, uh, yeah, Gigi, your thoughts. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting to see this exchange based shitcoinery backed by government based shitcoinery, and they want to do UBI. But I'm a fan of UBI because, in my opinion, UBI simply stands for unsettled Bitcoin investment. And just take all the U UBI you can get, buy sets with it, stack sets, and be done with it. Get the free money, convert it to real money, and then just, yeah, <laughs> make the best of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You get that uh, 
If you happen to find a government check in your mail, we'll uh, turn that fiat into Bitcoin and pound that freaking like button, people. As we did, you know, when this, when all this insanity started, I, I I've mentioned this many times now. I uh, and Bitcoin went on sale that one day, March the twelfth. I knew we'd be getting checks in the mail, so I I spent my check before it even came in the darn mail to, to turn it into a. There's a bot that follows it, right? It's like triple yes. in value if you invested your your stimulus into Bitcoin. There's a daily bot that tweets out the difference, and I like that. Even no coiners are starting to follow it and engage with it. Like I've seen, like outside of like crypto Twitter, people now mentioning it, and it's. I was at the uh, tattoo parlor the other day because I got to do a Bitcoin tattoo right here. So got the Superman Bitcoin John, and uh, I, you know we were talking about it at the tattoo parlor and stuff. Like they, they, they want to get involved. They just don't know how. And I'm trying to show them, but like you know, business owner, all dog, new tricks, employees, young dogs want to learn new tricks. So it's just pretty cool. All right, let's let's move to uh, some mainstream type of news that can be tied into bitcoin uh famed investor drunken miller thinks 10 percent inflation is possible now i i don't put uh guys like that on on a pedestal or whatever but it was it was a headline and uh for me it's just oh there someone's making a call on inflation now 10 percent inflation uh then that's not hyperinflation people remember that and we we had 10 percent inflation what in the late 70s i believe it was more than that. Who knows what it was back then? Um, but uh, we've printed a, the United States and all sorts of other countries have printed a lot of money lately. So uh, wh where would the 10 percent inflation even show up is, is the question. Uh, some people already say we might have it already because, you know, real estate keeps going up in, by insane amounts. But but Anders, you are a hyper Bitcoinization guy. You, you are a guy that believes that what that uh, everyone people are going to give up on fiat one day. And just Bitcoin will be the currency, and something that leads to that is inflation and uh, just this and hyperinflation of of the dollar itself. So you wanted to talk about a little bit about hyper Bitcoinization also uh, when you think it will happen. But what's your take on a ten percent inflation? Is it possible? <laughs> Well, I think there's is two different uh, types of inflation. There's there's the one for um, goods that you need every day, supermarket, etc. Uh, that is not really being pushed up because in reality, uh, the situation is not that great. A lot of people are out of jobs. A lot of people had to close down their business. Uh, so we don't see a lot of inflation there. Um, where we see inflation is in assets. So even despite the economic situation not being so great, um, stocks are all-time high. Um, real estate also is, is, is going up very fast. And it's a matter of as soon as somebody gets some of these billions or millions in their hands, they know I don't want to stay in cash. As Ray Dalio says, uh, cash is trash because they are printing more even tomorrow. So as soon as you get it, you want to put it somewhere to store the value so it doesn't get diluted. And that's why people are buying uh, assets um, head over heels like real estate and stocks and that in the future I, I think will be uh, yeah bitcoin to a greater extent right now it's just a small amount of people using the stimulus checks um for bitcoin i'm sure all of us did um so yeah um uh, hyper bitcoinization absolutely it's so it, it's something i believe in i think if if you believe in in gresham's law 
which logically I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, Gresham is a, a British economist that lived uh, several centuries ago. Um, whenever there's several money, people will spend the money they consider to be a little bit weaker or you know, not have the same safe future as another money. They will spend the weaker money first. And um, what happens is all that weak money goes out first in circulation um, until people only have the good money left. So uh, always you will come back to uh, having the strongest money as the money that people use because the rest will be flushed out because they are not as attractive. Their price will diminish over time. Um, and, you know, US dollars, Ethereum, a Bitcoin, it's the same game of, of who's going to, um, who is the best money. And I think it's pretty obvious that Bitcoin is by far the best money. You know, we, we discussed it earlier. One of the reasons it, it is, you know, it's, it's uh, censorship uh, resistant. You can't uh, freeze the money. Um, there's so many other things that are advantages of Bitcoin. And for that reason, Bitcoin is the money that will win out. And, and uh, not only will the altcoins eventually be pushed out, uh, I don't think it will happen until Bitcoin reaches like 90, 95% of uh, global monetary value. That's the time when the others are pushed out. Uh, the same will happen to US dollars the, uh, you know, and other currencies that are fiat. Um, just because we have known them for the last 100 years don't mean they will exist forever. Um, they, they will be pushed out because they are weak currencies. They are not solid, sound money like Bitcoin with a cap on 21 million as another um, of the, the, the assets of, of Bitcoin. Uh, so the one thing, as I told you before the, um, the show, that I'm contemplating a lot is, so when will it happen? Will it be during this halving uh, or epoch or will it be after the next one? And, and I still, um, so I'm talking to different people about this because it's the one topic that really interests me the most at the moment. I still think it's going to be after the next halving. Uh, I, I think we will simply reach a price level where um, a lot of Bitcoiners will be willing to take some profit to, you know, to pay off the house, to get a car, whatever, before we reach um, the, the time where, uh, where the general population will understand that that's where money is going in the future and they need to exchange their, say, US dollars for Bitcoin. I don't think that's going to happen in one and a half years. It will happen, uh, but I think after the next halving is uh, way more likely. All right. Uh, Gigi, you like this uh, topic that uh, Andrews has been talking about. you have any thoughts? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still have hyper-Bitcoinization in my Twitter banner, so I'm a huge believer as well. And I, I love to talk about it and, and just um, philosophize on it because all of it um, goes without saying. All of it is speculation. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen in the next two years or five years or 10 years. But as far as I can see, it, fiat money is in general trend towards zero, has been true historically, is true still today. Um, Bitcoin is trending upwards. And I, I think, you know, with inflation as well, inflation goes slowly and then very quickly. And either the unit is uh, like the currency is replaced or it hyperinflates or um, yeah, something else happens like in the European Union, like um, a bunch of countries go together to create a new currency, stuff like that. And I think hyper-Bitcoinization makes complete sense. I think we are in the process of Bitcoinization right now. And I think it will um, just like the reverse with inflation, it will continue to go on. And there will be one point in time where everything will happen really quickly. And I believe this is going to be in like, 
I, uh, last year I said uh, next 10 years. So um, <laughs> it's going to be nine years because um, we had three halvings in the next nine years. So I, I think I'm I'm not as bullish <laughs> as Anders is. I think we will need one more halving. But just to think about it in from first principles, all the money that is printed right now has to go somewhere. So obviously we're going to see inflation. And we're seeing inflation all around now, mostly in, um, yeah, in in the real estate market and other assets that uh, rich people can flee in, you know, like nobody wants to hold cash. And if you can afford it, you buy stocks, you buy real estate, stuff like that. And just keep in mind that the US printed more money in one month because of the Corona crisis mm -hmm. uh, than in the last two centuries. So all these trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars have to go somewhere. And we will see inflation. I wouldn't be surprised about 10% inflation it will probably be more, but the US, of course, has the benefit of being the global reserve currency. So the US might be the last currency to inflate. I'm more worried about the euro before that and other, um, you know, like government controlled shitcoins. They will inflate way before the US dollar will. And yeah, escape velocity is an interesting thought. I don't agree with some of the macro guys that are like hyper bullish on Bitcoin right now that are saying uh, we will hit escape velocity this cycle. I think the cycles will kind of continue. And if we hit something close to escape velocity, like the collapse of the euro dollar, I think it will take another like nine years, something like that. All right. Gigi's got that strong hand 2028. All right. Uh, Ken. Your thoughts on this? You did not save the best for last. I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, man. I, I mean, I'm. I, I feel you with the hyper Bitcoinization, but I mean, personally, I feel like we need hyper shitcoinization. Everything needs to experiment and create its own shitcoin and fight Bitcoin tooth and nail till it can't afford to fight anymore. And we have to support that. We have to just let companies, corporations, governments, banks. We have to let it. We have to support it. We have to help them. So when they do realize that they're fighting an uphill battle that is infinitely uphill, you know, they'll they'll relax and and, and join us. But I, I want to I want to support shit. I want every pizza shop to have their own shit coin. I want every coffee store to have their own shit coin. I want every bank to have their own shit coin, bro, because. Without hyper shitcoinization, we will never reach true Bitcoinization potential. We, we have to fail forward. And we failed so much in the past 10 years. That is why we have succeeded so much. That's why Bitcoin has been so successful is because of the proof of failures of thousands of other projects trying to compete with it. Dude, that was I, quite a take on altcoin. I have never heard that one before. One, <laughs> that was one good. One closing thought, maybe, if I may, um, since Anders mentioned before, we will have to find out what the hardest money is. And he mentioned like the US dollar and uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin. There's one thing that the US dollar and Ethereum have in common. Nobody knows how many of them are out there. So oh. <laughs> no, we do. We, we do, Gigi. It's infinite. infinite. We do. <laughs> That's right. You, you want some? We make some more. We print some more. No that's, a, that's a 2016 joke. Dude, well, the, <laughs> you don't well, hear those anymore. The Ethereum aspect, uh, we never we never covered that uh, controversy on the show. Uh, the uh, people were spending a lot of time worrying about, you know, how can I figure out how much Ethereum there is? Oh, God. That was that was some uh, that was some drama, wasn't it? That was from a few. We didn't, but we just got an allusion to it there. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Well, uh, I think we've covered uh, the big stories of the week here.
Uh, let's uh, let's get to. Does, do you guys have any uh, things that uh, you that were left off, uh, left out? Any? Uh, we'll start with. Uh, We'll start with Ken. You want to bring up another topic, something? Uh, yeah, if anybody's that... watching from the Philadelphia area on the 13th, uh, I'm putting together a meetup. So, you know, bring your mask or leave it at home. Totally your call. It's BYOM. Uh, but, yeah, we're doing a meetup. We're having Tatiana Moroz come out, do some live music. Uh, we have uh, speakers coming in. Uh, Jason uh, Brown, I believe, uh, from Komodo. Uh, we have, uh, you know, comedians coming in to do stand-up comedy at our meetup. And we even have a food truck that we on-ramp in Philly to start accepting Bitcoin. So not just at our meetup do they accept Bitcoin now. It's called Some Pig Food Truck. But they accept Bitcoin in the center city area of Philly now because, you know, our meetup helped on-ramp them. So if you're in the Philly area, you want to come and hang out with me, smoke and joke and, and chill uh, and spend, use Bitcoin, get something to eat, you know, get your munchies with your crypto. It's just it's so cool that I'm able to do this and nobody's really doing much because of the lockdown stuff. So nobody's got anything better to do. So you have no excuses. If you're in the area, it's completely free. Uh, just check out the hashtag Philly Crypto John because we have to keep the address kind of low key because if we get more than like a few people, the neighbors will just call the cops and it will get raided and we don't want that. It's, it's a secret location, but if you DM me, you, you will uh, get the address. So uh, that is what I'm up to right now. And they, all of these dudes are linked to below. Follow them. on. Oh, Twitter. shout out to the sponsor Aspire. Sorry, dude, they're sponsoring the event. They paid for the secret venue. So just had to shout out our sponsor. <laughs> What day is it? It's on the 13th. The 13th? Yep. And it's in the Philadelphia area, not too far from Center City. So if you can travel, bus, or Uber, it is, it's, it's in a decent spot, has a nice, beautiful scenery, outdoor, indoor. And it's all like, even the outdoor is technically indoor because we have walls that keep it private. So nobody should call and get us rated for having like 50 people you know, hanging out, you know, and during lockdown. I hate that this is even a thing, Adam. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think the most anarchy thing that we could do is have a Bitcoin meetup during yes. a pandemic lockdown. Yes. I, I was going to say, I have such respect for the people that are having real events in person. No, even if they don't have anything to do with Bitcoin, but it's great in the Bitcoin space. We have people, whether it be in Texas or in Pennsylvania, that are not compliant, that are defiant, that are not bootlickers and are having real life events. So everybody in Philly, go to that. Everybody, don't be scared. I go outside every day. I My life hasn't changed. There's a, there's a real world out there. Adam, people. somebody shook my hand yesterday and it felt weird. It, <laughs> it, like, you know, anybody else, like, I don't know, like this is a thing or whatever. I don't know, I don't wanna get off topic, but like I was at the store and uh, there was a business owner and I saw that he had an ATM machine. And I'm like, yo, Bitcoin ATM, you know? And he, he was like, oh yeah, how much? And I was like, they'll give you a couple hundred bucks to throw an ATM right next to that one. He was, that sounds great. Why not? Gave me his name, his number. And he went to shake my hand and he held his hand out. And even for him, he was like, he went to pull it back as I went to give him a handshake. And it was weird. And I don't think that that should be weird, man. So it's just really upsetting that a simple handshake has become like, weird because of the new normal and i i hate it because like i fell into the fact that i felt the weirdness and i didn't think i would feel the weirdness of the new normal just keep it in your head there is no new normal there is no so if people want there to be a new normal they can have their new normal i'm i'm sticking with the way things were baby all right and you just have that you don't 
don't don't be uh don't don't let the mass media fitting in is overrated dudes remember all that and you will you will return to where you were before but yeah obviously after months and months and months of insanity sometimes you you do freak things whatever all right uh but ken it, go to his event thank you ken and guys in the chat if you guys have questions this is your last shot do a super chat or type in bitcoin meister Let's hear Anders, your your conclusionary thoughts. A lot Anders got a lot of links uh, linked to below, by the way. Yeah, so you have my YouTube link. I started producing uh, YouTube videos again, which is uh, is is great. Um, for a long time, I didn't really have time. Now I have time, so it's great to get the habit going again. Uh, other than that, I would just say people should be really scared and fearful if they don't hold Bitcoin. Um, in, in times like with this, where they print so much fiat currency, I would be nervous if I didn't have Bitcoin. So a non-financial advice, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, I've never heard anyone say buy here Bitcoin. Is, here is financial advice, buy Bitcoin. That is my financial advice, buy it, do I it. I just don't want to be sued. Sue well, Ken, me, sue Ken, me. I knew Ken was going to say that. And then sue me for Bitcoin. Ken Ken doesn't care about the rules, baby. Tell that like <laughs> button for Ken. He is a unique So, well, all right. EG, GG, you're gonna now it's time for GG's uh uh closing uh statements here. We just yeah, had a I, I won't give any financial advice. I'm not as keen on the prison time lock. <laughs> Even though I think it's a great idea, you know, get locked up for something like that and just force hodl some Bitcoin yep. for <laughs> but um, I just want to echo what Anders said and also what Adam Curry said, uh, I think it was this week, right, on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, it was number 1533 and he said, you know, that the apocalypse is coming and you, you're going to need a Bitcoin to survive it. And I, I can echo that. So, yeah, start stacking sets. It's, it's the easiest and most mentally sane way. Stop looking charts. Just get auto DCA going and... You know, join the lifeboat. It's a lot of fun as well. And if you're a technically technically minded person, um, there's lots of stuff going on in Bitcoin every week. Just this week, um, the first um, mainnet DLC smart contract uh, was launched on the Bitcoin mainnet. So um, Nicolas Sorier tweeted about that, and it's a bet on who is going to win the U.S. election for one Bitcoin, I believe. Yeah, and I so. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of fun development going on. Kind of uh, smart. Kind of, but wait, what was the name of it? And DLC stands for discrete lock contracts. And it's a way to uh, have like trust minimized oracles in Bitcoin. It works very similar to Lightning, like opening a Lightning channel. But uh, it's not really opening a Lightning channel. You sign a bunch of transactions that have a predetermined outcome. And uh, after the real world event happens, a uh, trusted oracle um, signs uh, um, the outcomes, then it's similar to a lightning channel you know, closing. You so know, the, this this makes me ask a, a, a question that I don't ever have a chance to ask smart people, but what happens when these oracles have a, like, you know, the election is done, right? Trump wins or whatever. But a week later, there's a debate and there's a recount and the oracle has already paid out people for winning, but the recount says no, he didn't win X, Y, or Z one. Instead, due to the recount, you know, uh, uh, even I'm just curious, like how do we deal with that? Yeah, you basically don't. <laughs> That's okay. Like, in, in my opinion, uh, 
I think it's generally generally true to say that the Oracle problem is unsolvable. Um, Bitcoin solves solves it in a roundabout way with proof of work. It doesn't really solve the Oracle problem, but with proof of work, we have something to combine the digital and the physical world. So it builds a bridge between something that is inside the computer and something that's outside uh, outside the computer. And if you don't use proof of work, then you don't have anything like that. And you will always have to trust the person that does the input of the data or that says this event really happened. And that's why it has to be a trusted Oracle. And uh, you also like the, the Oracle can basically um, mess with both parties. And uh, uh, yeah, just yeah, I think it would be cool wrong... to see different oracles have different locks and payouts. You know what yeah. I mean? Like see if the uh, the election, you know, you did win, but we have to make sure the Oracle's results stay true for the next 90 yeah. days until inauguration. I mean, we see this a lot in the altcoin space. They they deal with the with that way more. Uh, but I think a nice comparison is um, darknet markets. Like if you if you buy drugs online, how can you make sure that the drugs actually arrive? Yeah. It's basically reputation based. You don't have have any other way to make sure. You don't have any guarantees. Mm -hmm. And so I think similar systems will emerge. You will have to you will need to have trusted oracles that are reputation based and uh, markets around that will have to form. But yeah. you know, it's a very long discussion. In in general, it's not a not a problem that it's nicely um perfectly solvable and by drugs he meant like insulin and birth control okay of, guys of course, yeah, of, course, of, course. Of, course. of course all right dudes well that was a that was a great uh ending there about oracles uh, very very good stuff you never know what you're going to hear here uh i thank all the guests they were awesome ken gg anders they are all linked to below follow them check out their social media all right Today, thanks, today, you, you, to, oh, did someone else want to say something? No, I just wanted to say thanks for having us. Of course, man. Today's a day we all have strong hand. We all have conviction. Personal responsibility is new counterculture. Long-term thinking. This is where the big boys play. You get a new show here every single day. This week in Bitcoin, best guest in the space every Friday. And of course, Friday, Shabbat starts soon. So Shabbat Shalom for all, all of you out there. And uh, thanks a lot for all the live viewers and the questions and just retweet it. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. -E Everyone have a great weekend. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Pound that like button and subscribe to the channel. See you guys later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a day. Yeah. Bye. All right.